get you mindful as to you know what you need to get through this. Use this time to self-discover. Ever felt like you're just winging your way through life, hoping you'll find the answers to life's important issues along the way? Hey, I'm Gabby Mendez, and this is my podcast, Talk Twenties. On this podcast, I'll be chatting to my friends and fellow 20-somethings on different topics that matter to you in your 20s. So if you're ready, let's go. So hello and welcome to the Talk 20s podcast. So this week, May the 18th to the 24th, is Mental Health Awareness Week. And for many of us experiencing lockdown right now, this can be a really tricky time and it's probably the most prominent time that we need to be talking about our mental health. It's important that we open up on these matters because the best thing you can do is to talk about it. And who better to talk about these issues with than 26-year-old psychotherapist Gemma Birch. Across the years, Gemma has amassed a huge following on social media and passionately believes that self-care means giving the world the very, very best of you. She's also the proud founder of Wellbeing Chat, a modern online therapy and counselling service you can access anywhere at any time. So Gemma, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you as a guest on here. And what better week to discuss mental health and Mental Health Awareness Week? I know, I absolutely love it that it falls on that day within your announcement. And thank you so much for the introduction. That was fab. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about you. How did you come to be a psychotherapist? And, and what's your story? Gosh, okay, I'll try shorten it because it can be quite a long story. <laughs> I actually wanted to be a policewoman when I was like 20 years old. I went into psychology to be a policewoman and I was so interested, still am, I'm interested in forensic psychology. But then something happened. I basically stroked a cat on holiday, got a very rare type of poisoning and it left me paralysed for about nine months and I was in hospital for like a year. And that in itself was a huge self-discovery like I'm so thankful that it happened even though it was really hard but it led me down this path of self-care and experiencing my own mental health worries so by doing that it led me down the path of wanting to become a counsellor also I had like a careers advisor come in and say you'll never walk again like you can't be a policewoman so oh my god to think about becoming something else and I finished my studies and then I volunteered to be a Samaritan listener and that just clarified my reasoning to become a psychotherapist I love that so much such a valuable experience and five years later I am a psychotherapist amazing so how crazy that you would go on holiday and you would stroke a stray cat and land up with this you know kind of poisoning that had this whole impact on yourself that took your whole life in a completely different direction you kind of thought it would look like x y and z and it probably ended up looking like abc but it's so amazing to hear that like now you think well i'm so grateful for that because you know those experiences have shaped the person that you are and you are helping people every single day and i don't think you know you're one of those people out there that is probably considered a key worker right now because it's so important that people get the mental health support that they need right now because lockdown is tough right it's not it's not easy on us oh it is so tough and yeah my work's gone busier than ever but I absolutely love it and I often say to people like 
doing my work, it's, it's kind of selfish as well because I gain so much out of the session. Um, probably just as much as the client does because it just feels amazing to give back. But yeah, a lot of the calls I've had recently with clients are obviously to do with lockdown. We're all struggling differently. Like it's affected us all in so many ways and very different as well. Like wedding cancellations, holiday cancellations, Mm. work, finance, like the list goes on. I've also got a lot of university students and obviously they are under so much pressure right now and their future is the unknown in like their career. So yeah, it's amazing how it's affected us in all different ways and it's more important now than ever to prioritise our self-care and our emotional well-being and understand what we need. We need to realise ourselves that we are going through a pandemic. If you wake up in the morning and you decide today is an off day and you want to watch Netflix all day, fantastic, do it because it's what you need. Mm -hmm. Like allow yourself to self-care. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think the most important thing you can do right now is to not beat yourself up about having a bad day. We all have them. Even the most productive people that you see on social media right now who look like they're absolutely flourishing in this time are having bad days. Like, believe you me, like I had a like a really crap day earlier in the week on Monday. And, you know, I I'd released an episode of the podcast that I was absolutely thrilled about. And I had a great start to the day and by the end of the day I was like it's a write-off I can't do this anymore I just want to sit down and I you know I hadn't even like half the stuff I planned to do in the day just hadn't happened because I was thrown so many curveballs and I just felt generally pants and I think like there's been a number of days like that in lockdown and I think I was probably really harsh on myself thinking, you know, beating myself up like I should be this, you know, I should be productive in this time. I should be making the most of it. But actually, I just probably needed to give myself a break. And like you say, self-care is so, so important. So tell us a little bit more about what self-care means to you and why you think it's such an important thing to practice every day. I actually believe that you can read as many self-help books as you want. You can listen to many self-help podcasts as you want. But at the end of the day, you are the expert on you. So everyone's self-care is completely different. Like, for example, it might shock people, but my self-care is gaming. I absolutely love mm. taking myself out of my world for half an hour to an hour and game. Mm-hmm. And that is my self-care. I know I need that at least one gaming session a week. Otherwise, I just get so frustrated. Uh, and other people might be a long bath, might be a long shower, might be that they need to exercise Mm -hmm. but it's all about understanding you and your own needs the most important thing that you can do is to wake up and i say this phrase of okay what does my body need for me today if it needs a papa john's great (laughs) (laughs) i love pizza great it's all about balance isn't it yeah (laughs) definitely and it applies not just to food either obviously it applies to if your body wants to move that day if your body wants to just go no today's ruling out or just to be productive that day like obviously like we're shaming people for being productive which also shaming people for not being productive I know like it's okay to be productive and it's okay not to be productive this time like we're just all dealing with it in a completely different way I completely agree I think it's tough right now because you only see people's lives through what they post on social media and and one thing that I think is really really tough is especially in your 20s, you tend to compare yourself to others 
a lot of the time and you'll be like my life doesn't look like that or I don't look as you know happy as her or I don't look like her physically and that sort of thing and and it can really really affect us and and I definitely have struggled with comparison over the years um, and I think you know social media just exacerbates that like it just makes it even greater and right now when the only bit of what we're seeing of someone is what they post online they're obviously only posting the best bits while most people only post the best bits so what's your view on overcoming comparison i think it's all about mindset and also being aware of who you follow like if we're talking about instagram in particular mm. i like to do it as a magazine so think about a magazine that you'd pick up and what you'd want to read yeah and do the same for your instagram so look at who you're following and if it make you feel poo, then it's got nothing to do, it's nothing personal on that person. But if they make you feel poo for a reason, then unfollow them. You know, you should leave Instagram and social media feeling inspired. But if you feel like you're comparing yourself to others and it just leaves you feeling a bit poo, then sort out who you're following yeah. and sort out what content you want to come across. Also to do with comparison, I would say the only person you should ever compare yourself to is who you were yesterday and you should be trying to better yourself each and every day because you were born as you and no matter how much you look up to someone else or want to be like them you won't be them because you weren't born as them the best you can do is be the best version of you so it's just all about mindset and bettering yourself and filter who you follow yeah, absolutely. And I think there's that saying, and it's a little bit of a cheesy one, but it's like, um, you are you, and that is your superpower. And like, yeah. y- people haven't had the experiences that you've had, you know, people haven't had the upbringing that you've had, people haven't got the family that you have, the friends that you have, like, how crazy is it to compare yourself to someone who's had a completely different life experience to you? So I always think like, compare and despair, like it's, it's not a good thing to be comparing yourself to others. And every time I catch myself doing it, I'm like, I give myself a little mental check. Like, you are not them, you are you, and that is your superpower. So I think it's best to to definitely think about it in that kind of way. I love that. You summed it up so well. But compare and despair, I'm going to do yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Compare and despair, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. Um, So obviously there's been some really, really difficult times for not everyone, but for a lot of people in lockdown, you know, we've all been cut off from our family and friends. These may be one of the things that we would use to wind down, to feel happy and all of that kind of stuff. Some of us have maybe experienced job loss or the uncertainty of being put on furlough. Some of us might be experiencing loneliness if we are isolating alone, away from friends and family. And obviously the news isn't exactly the most enlightening and uplifting situation at the moment. It is a bit of doom and gloom. So there's been a lot of kind of things that a lot of people could could perceive as a negative experience. How do you think, you know, we can navigate through this really, really challenging time? And there's a lot of people listening, like you say, who might be university students, feeling really uncertain about stepping out into the world of work. Um, And I would probably say that, you know, it's completely normal and um, understanding that people might be experiencing heightened anxiety, heightened uh, depression at the moment. I know every situation is different, but what kind of advice could you give to someone who is particularly finding this situation quite tough? Be completely mindful as to, you know, what you need to get through this. Use this time to self-discover, whether that be picking up something new, picking up an old habit, 
Are we doing it again? I've seen loads of people doing jigsaws at the moment. Yeah. I've never been into jigsaws myself, but that seems to be a relaxation technique. I also say that we have extenuating circumstances at the moment. So, for example, the government is helping us with furlough. The government is trying to help the self-employed. GCSEs have been you know, taken from the mock exams. You know, we have our own extenuating circumstances. And I say this to my clients, like, imagine if that was all taken away. Like, mm. how would you feel? You'd feel like that is so unfair. You'd feel like, you know, what about me? So why don't we give ourselves extenuating circumstances? Allow yourself to feel that way. Give yourself a break. I need to self-care. Because if it was taken away with your job, if it was taken away with university, all those extenuating circumstances and support, you'd feel like you've been done over. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's thinking about you. So do the same for yourself. Yeah. Allow yourself. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you say that. So um, the theme of this year's Mental Health Awareness Week, I don't know if you know, Gemma, is kindness. Um, and the reason that they say they have chose kindness is because it kindness unlocks shared humanity, it strengthens relationships, it develops community, and it deepens solidarity. And I think that kind of really hits the nail on the head. But I think it's also about being kind to yourself right now and realizing that, you know, we're going through tough times, so don't beat yourself up about it. And also, don't think that this is the way your life will be forever you've mentioned earlier that you've been through some really difficult times in your life and I bet when you were kind of experiencing mental health challenges in those moments in time you thought it was going to last forever I don't know about you but when I've experienced low points in my mental health I thought I'll never get out of it my mind kind of tricked me into thinking this is the way your life is going to be forever you're always going to be an anxious person and that's how I kind of my mind kind of thought and actually it's just kind of gone away with time not like a flick of a switch but it's gone away through time and life life has got better. So for, I think for anyone who is really struggling right now, know that it will get better. And this isn't going to be this way forever. This is not going to go on forever. We will come out of it and we will come out of it changed, but we will come out of it stronger as well. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Like life experiences help us. They shape us to who we are. I absolutely love this theory in counselling and I'd, I'd use it pretty much of every single client. It's that we all have an ideal self and a real self. Mm -hmm. And the further apart that these two are is when our emotional well-being, like, can't cope, we get stressed, we get anxious, we have depression. And the closer that they are, the happier that we are. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I I kind of feel that's quite true for me, actually, but I haven't heard that before. That's really cool. I like that. I love it so much. And I just feel like it's so true. And it's also important to remember that We will never be our ideal self and we don't want to because we are human. We are always changing. We're always growing. So when you reach that ideal version of yourself, you want another ideal version of yourself. You never want to settle. You don't want to stay in the same place for too long. Mm -hmm. You should be reaching for that ideal self. The reason why I'm talking about that theory into your question is that we are always changing every day, especially now. Like you said, we're gonna come out of the changed and it's good. Change is good, it's good for us. If we just have a flat life, then what are we gonna learn? Nothing, we're not, we're not gonna grow. 
and we want to grow. What would you say to someone right now who is particularly worried about their job, for example? They're worried about making money and it might be then having a catalyst effect on their finances. The future is unknown and all that we have right now is the present moment. Just to be focusing on the present moment and taking each day as it comes helps massively. I think the uncertainty of the career is, you know, a massive one right now and so many people going through even people who are furloughed they're worried if they're going to have a job come back to yeah obviously i can't guarantee that they'll have jobs at the end of it Mm. Um, but i can guarantee that it's never as bad as what we think it is so if you think to a situation in your life where you're worried about doing a presentation or you've had some sort of anxiety yeah about the future when it happens we deal with it we somehow get through it and it's never ever as bad as what we initially thought it would be and I think just reminding yourself of that own experience and how you got through that you know you have the strength inside to get through whatever our future has for us. I think you hit the nail on the head there Gemma I think it's never as bad as you picture it in your head bad things happen and, and sad things happen and difficult things happen to people all the time but you know we've always come out stronger and better for it um having learned from that experience and like you say we sometimes like imagine things in our head that actually never come to fruition because you're always imagining the worst case scenario i think you're so right there because it is never quite as bad as it seemed and the main thing you can do right now is trying to work out how you can spin a negative experience think about it positively so if i lose my job i will find another one or i will find one that's my true calling and to have that kind of positive thought process about it and say you know I lost this job but it's to teach me something it's it's so I learn from it and I'm going to move on and actually like probably in like two three years time you'll look back and say that was such a challenging part of my life but if that hadn't happened to me I wouldn't be where I am right now and you'll start to feel grateful for these really challenging experiences I know I do for the difficult times I went through I'm like but if I didn't if I hadn't gone through them I wouldn't be where I am right now and I want to be where I am right now So I think it's important to try and maybe spin things into positive and not think the worst. I wanted to talk with you a little bit more about exercise, moving your body as a way of self-care. Is this something that you practice yourself? I absolutely love exercise and I have a thing called non-negotiable mornings. Mm -hmm. So it is non-negotiable that I have to get up, I journal, I exercise. If I don't do that, then the rest of the day is just... A write-off. Even if I wake up and think, right, today I just want to do Netflix all day, I still have to have that set morning. Otherwise, I just don't feel accomplished. Obviously, people can apply this in different ways. It doesn't have to be exercise, but people have non-negotiable mornings, such as journaling, prayer, Mm -hmm. a coffee. That's non-negotiable for so many people. Yeah, yeah. But for me, exercise in the morning, it just makes me feel so accomplished, ready for the day. And at least I've done something that I'm proud of that day. Yeah. Um, For other reasons as well, like when I'm feeling stressed and anxious, anxiety especially is a form of energy. It's a form of energy that just is building up and we need to get it out. And that's how like a panic attack can start as well. If it's just holding you in and you need to get it out and you don't, then an anxiety attack can start from that. And from personal experience, I need to exercise to release that energy. And I imagine it coming from here in my heart, just going, 
mm-hmm. <laughs> when I exercise. Like, Definitely. I that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for so many people, like it's different as well. I don't do it for how I look. I do it for my mental health. Yeah. That has helped my exercise too. I used to do it how I look. I didn't enjoy it. Same. Now I do it for my mental health and I love it. Yeah. I'm totally in agreement. I think in especially if I'm having, you know, one of those bad days, the best thing I can do to the only thing that I can really do to get out of it is to not even stress myself because sometimes I feel stressed about, oh, I've really got to go for a run. Like sometimes I do find that quite, you know, stressful. But if I just tell myself, just go out for a walk and just go out for a walk. Don't even listen to music. Just go out for a walk. Don't look at your phone. That in lockdown has been really helping me because it's kind of been reframing my mindset. For me, it's it's really a game changer. It kind of puts a positive, like you say, a positive spin on the day, something I can be proud of that I've done. And I, you cannot beat the endorphins that flood into your head after a run. I mean, I posted about this on my social media the other day, but, and so many people were saying the same thing, like, the way your body feels after a workout for me is unbeatable because you just feel like you can take on the world. And I even feel it for like a couple of days after, like even if I don't exercise for a couple of days after or I don't exercise as much, I can still feel good from that run that I did two, three days ago. And that kind of stays with me, that kind of positive feeling about myself. And like you say, I don't do it for how I look. I do it primarily to feel good about myself, both in my head and just in general, just to feel like the blood pumping and, you know, that sort of thing. To know that, you know, to what it feels like to be alive. Like, you know, it's so important. I love that, to feel alive. I saw that somewhere else as well. Exercise literally makes you feel alive. And I don't want to make out that I'm perfect either with the perfect morning. Like, even if it's just a five minute yoga stretch that day, that's all I could do that morning, then I will do. Um, Yoga as well has amazing benefits. It's really made me appreciate my body and how it can move. Mm. And there's just something special about yoga and getting in the flow and looking at your body. Do you do yoga? Do you know what? I think I need to get into it and I need to give it another go. When I was in uni and I studied abroad in Montreal, I joined a yoga class. And I don't know if I'm the only person, but I've heard people say it before. I found it the most frustrating thing. It's half an hour when you're trying to like put your body in crazy different positions. And I would be like, come on, checking the time and stuff like that. I think I need to come at it in a different way. And I think I need to look at it in a different way and re- like give it a go again. Because I hear so many people say so many great things about it. But I just, I just find it a really stressful period of time. Like, oh, I could be doing anything right now rather than having my legs over my head and my arms in these crazy positions, and I could be doing so many more productive things right now. But I think I need to come at it from a completely different direction because I know that there are so many benefits to what people are saying. And I kind of feel similar about meditation. I've tried it, but I just, I don't think I've found the reason why it works for me. So persuade me and tell me a little bit more about how yoga is so important. Yoga, it just, it makes me mindful in the present moment. Like I'm just focusing on the stretch and my breathing. I first started yoga by just doing normal stretches, like touching your toes, just like stuff you do at the end of the PE class at school. Yeah. So I just started off with that and I learned more poses and I actually benefit more doing it on my own. So like I'm in command of what I want my body to do and how far it can go. I felt like, like you did in a class, 
I was a bit like maybe comparing myself to others like yeah. oh she can touch her toes like, oh, so far and I so can't. true yeah I was doing that I was being like oh I, I can't do that I'm rubbish sort of thing whereas like you say if you were on your own you're only worried about what you're doing it's very personal I'd say I would maybe say to you to look at YouTube and then see what poses you like and then mm. have your own sort of routine yeah and stop that even just five minutes in the morning yeah. it really made me love my body like I come out after it like oh my legs are strong mm -hmm. and thank you feet for getting me to A to B yeah like, I do really appreciate my body yeah absolutely do you meditate in any way oh I love meditation and just to go back to that story of me in hospital for a year that's where I found meditation and it saved me yeah. it absolutely saved me if it wasn't for meditation, then I think I would have been in the hospital for like another year. And that is not an exaggeration. It was like as soon as I practiced meditation, something clicked inside of me and I was so determined to get better. So after my physio sessions, I had the mindset of getting better and practicing even more. Instead of just having that one physio session a day, I would make sure I was practicing walking more than I ever did. And it just changed my mindset completely. I still practice it every night. And people think that meditation can be a bit like hoo-ha and a bit hippie. Yeah. It's, it's really not like... I'm I think it's becoming more normal. So many people are screaming and shouting about the benefits of it that it's not thought like that anymore. I think it used to be. But I think now people are starting to understand and realise the benefits they can have. And people are like, oh, I might give it a go. And then they're pleasantly surprised and that sort of thing. So... I think it's becoming yeah. more more of common practice. Yeah, definitely. Again, like yoga, it's personal. Like people have different experiences with it. I don't like listening to music whilst I meditate. I have this exercise every night where I go visit my higher self and say if I'm having a problem, such as like a personal project, I need motivation. I'd ask my higher self like how she got there and what she did, what she achieved. And that's something I do every night to make sure, give me motivation to be become my higher self. And that's classed as a form of meditation. I love the visualization of it. Mm -hmm. But to put headphones on, listen to music and meditate, I can't do. But others love that form of meditation. Yeah. So it's all personal and down to what you like that's true I think I probably like you say because I haven't had the best experience from going to a class comparing myself to others or probably thinking that meditation is about you know just worrying about your breathing like that form of meditation I didn't even realize was a form of meditation and probably something I should you know consider I think like you say you got to find what what works for you I think all of us have probably done one yoga class and thought nope it's not for me or you know we've all done that with something in our lives you know giving it you know I'll give it a little bit of a shot and then you do it once you're like no it's not for me but there's obviously so many different types of experiences that you can have it's not a one-size-fits-all and I think that's important to remember I have like this other theory that I showed the clients might be helpful to the listeners that we all have our own mug and like the water in the mug represents daily stress anxiety depression other states of emotional well-being it's never fully empty by the way, because we all have traffic, we all have mm -hmm. a lot of work to do, we all have financial worries or anything. So it's never fully empty, there's always a little bit. But say a pandemic comes along, yeah. then a lot of water will go into this mug and we need to filter this water out, we need to get rid of it. If not, something else could happen and then we'll be overflowing. And when it overflows, we can't cope. Like our emotional well-being just spirals out of control. Yeah. And we need to know 
how to empty our own mugs and meditation, gaming and exercise, yoga are all mine and it's really important to find out what empties your own mug because we're all different. What works for me wouldn't work for you. Oh, I love that. That is such a beautiful analogy of how to think about it. What empties your mug? I mean, for me, I think it's probably exercise, seeing people, seeing friends and talking to people just about life. Like that makes me, you know, so much happier. And I probably think looking after myself, you know, a little bit of a pamper here and there. And, and just, you know, taking it easy and relaxing. They're probably my three, I think, that would empty my mug. I think it's important for, you know, if you're listening right now, to kind of identify what you think, you know, empties your mug uh, and makes you feel good and makes you stop those stresses from becoming too much and, and overflowing. So I love that. I love that, Gemma. I'd like to move on to some questions that talk about you in your 20s. Obviously, we know that you are a psychotherapist and you help other people, but you've also had your own experiences in your 20s and also really interesting and you know crazy journey that you've had in your 20s the first question I'd like to ask is what would you say is your biggest adulting disaster or fail okay the first thing that comes to mind I'm just gonna say it is putting milk in the kettle (gasps) (laughs) no way honestly I was like 22 and I really wanted a hot chocolate so I put milk in the kettle I nearly burnt the house down. Oh my god, what <laughs> happened? The kitchen just started like sparking and sparks were going everywhere. The house had a power cord. <gasps> like, that's a good one to use. Yeah. We all have moments like that yeah. and you need to look back and laugh. All the time, all the time. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So people, if you're listening, hot chocolates are not made with a kettle. You can't warm milk with a kettle. I wouldn't even know what would happen if I did that. You know, usually I'd be like, mum, can you put milk in a kettle? And she'd be like, no, you cannot do that. But you know, when they're not around, you've got to make these, you know, I mean, thank God your house is okay. And it was only a power cut. That's such a funny story. So is there anything right now that holds you back in life? And have you tried anything to overcome it? I downplay myself a lot when I get compliments. It's something I've really struggled with and it's just making a conscious effort to stop. For example, if people say, you know, what do you do? I shy away and my boyfriend tells me off this so much. Like meeting his family and they'd say, you know, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, um, I'm a counsellor. And he has to step in and say, she's got her own business and Mm. she's a mental health blogger and she helps her family run a business. Like, I really struggle to say that. I don't Mm. know why. I feel like I have to downplay myself to others so much. And but you are amazing you do, you've got so many things that you do and that you've put out there but I think what's more amazing about you is that everything that you do is to help others you should talk about yourself more because everything that you're doing isn't to help you isn't so I think you should definitely celebrate that that's it's amazing what you do thank you so much like it's other things as well say if someone says oh I really like your jumper they're not asking where it's from they're not asking for the price I immediately have to say it's Primark it's free quid yeah (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to they're not asking for the price or where it's from yeah um I really need to work on that like you said I need to celebrate it more celebrate inside knowing I only paid three pound for this it's amazing like (laughs) I think that's a really 
important one to kind of discover is that, you know, sometimes it feels wrong and difficult and challenging to, to kind of not sell yourself, but to kind of back yourself more than anything and, and to, to, to tell people what it is you do. But you wouldn't even say it, but you have 70,000 followers on, on Instagram. Like that's unreal and something that should be celebrated, you know, you know, you got so many people who, who rely on your positive message and, you know, who rely on your support and then a fantastic business. Tell us a little bit more about what you do with, with Wellbeing Chat. Wellbeing Chat is literally my baby. It is a dream come true and it's an online platform which makes counselling accessible and affordable for pretty much everyone. I've seen other companies profit off of mental health. I understand that it's a business at the end of the day and profits need to be made. But some companies are absolutely ridiculous, charging like £132 a week for a message, one message off a counsellor. I find that unacceptable. So I wanted to create Wellbeing Chat as an online platform which gives 24-7 support. It's £60 a month for a limited chat with a counsellor. And there is like a pre-service. You get matched to a counsellor that suits you. It's not just a random person. And yeah, it's just a really good support system. And even if it, you're not struggling with your mental health, even just to check in with mm-hmm. someone every day and to say, yeah, I'm feeling good today. This is what's making me feel good. Or we're using it as a journal or just having someone to talk to. And that's the aim of Wellbeing Chat. It's to help improve people's wellbeing. And it's all accessible for your phone, your laptop or your tablet. That's amazing that you're providing that service. And I think what's quite tricky for a 20 something right now is accessing therapy and counselling. One, we are, you know, we're completely different to our parents. Like you say, we probably want something that you can find in an app, but is a real person on the other end. And, you know, or someone who we can call any time of the day via video chat. Like we probably want that because we're millennials, right? Like we kind of, we've grown up with that kind of technology. But also, as a 20-something, we probably don't have tons of money to be able to, you know, to put... We couldn't... Like, realistically, once you've paid your bills, who has £150 to spend on a counsellor for one message a week? Like, that's a straight-up... You know, when, when financial advisors are like, where is this money going? You'd be like, oh, that's my counselling. And, yeah, and then you, when you analyse it, you'd be like, oh, no, that's a straight-off. Cut that straight away. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the fact that you found something afford, like affordable for people that they can access unlimited that's really really great the demand's just getting greater and personally you know well-being chat it is a business but i don't want to profit off people's mental health in that sort of way so and that's like the heart of well-being chat it's for other people and it's to make a difference in the world and there is a greater purpose behind the profits being made the greater purpose is to make the world a kinder happier place yeah absolutely I love the message that you're spreading I think it's so true um and I you know talk 20s will continue to to be a big support for for well-being chat because I think what you're doing is is fabulous thank you so I would like to ask and I love this question actually um who or what inspires you the most my dad and my papa my granddad they've built a business around health and well-being They've got a leisure centre and it's also like a health and leisure centre, so it's a sociable place. They've built that from nothing but hard work. They didn't have, they just had a genius business plan 
had no money to back it up but they did it and it's been amazing and they've shown to me that if you put your mind to it you can literally achieve anything and your dreams don't have to be dreams they can be turned into reality if it wasn't for them and their influence I wouldn't have the confidence to go ahead with my own business to go ahead with blogging or anything like that like they have been such a good inspiration to me and I owe them both a lot how are they coping at the moment with lockdown with obviously them having Having a, a leisure center and stuff it must be really challenging for them I imagine yeah, that they're closed yeah, it's really challenging um, it, it's sad to, to think like the building is not being used we're so lucky we have so many amazing supportive members who have been at the club for years so we are very very lucky in that sense we aren't too worried about the future but we are obviously worried about the financial future yeah of course Uh, we're using this time proactively though like we're doing a lot of redecorating and just trying to turn a negative into a positive exactly we're not going to have this time to do the redecorating that we're doing yeah Um, when else would you get the opportunity to take this time out as a business you'd have to close and make really you know whilst other leisure centers are open members could leave and go to other other places because you were closed right now they can't go anywhere else so absolutely that's a prime example of of turning a negative into a positive and making the best so that when people do come back they're like wow this place looks amazing so um hopefully that day will come sooner rather than later for you so my favorite question of all and the one i love asking people and hearing what they'd say is what one piece of advice would you give to your 20 year old self stop being a people pleaser nothing comes from it gosh that was something i struggled with so much i couldn't even say that's like a whole other podcast i think (laughs) (laughs) i can't even go into it without saying too much but yeah i used to people please a lot i would maybe dress a certain way i would listen to music because other people like that music very early 20s like maybe 19 to 20 I was such a people pleaser and it's been very hard to overcome that the only thing that's kind of helped me is the blogging wow like I just realized if you don't chase your dream you'll be watching someone else chase theirs the only thing holding me back was people pleasing what would people think like when I first started blogging it was what are my friends gonna think are they gonna cringe at the hashtags and put the the pics like is it just a waste of time just to be fooled and it's not it's really not like you have to overcome it and yeah people are gonna talk people compare people may laugh behind your back but you are chasing your dreams and that should be a priority above anything else i love that one and i think it's so true i think even now i battle that sometimes people pleasing never helped anyone and only is detrimental to yourself so absolutely i i agree with that one 100 well thank you so much Gemma. it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the podcast i'm delighted to be sharing this podcast on mental health awareness week it's so important right now that we look after ourselves and we put ourselves first and we're also kind to ourselves it's been great to chat with you you are an absolute positive bundle of joy and you should definitely celebrate yourself more because you are amazing so thank you so much for the time you spent chatting with us on the podcast today um it's been great chatting with you thank you so much gabby i just want to say thanks for the opportunity to be able to talk on your podcast how amazing it's mental health awareness week and also thank you for inspiring others this is such an amazing topic your 20s can be such a confusing time and thank you for using your time to inspire 20 year old being the best version of themselves i love your podcast i love what you do 
thank you so much. Thank you so much, Emma. That, that really, really means a lot. Thank you for helping me make that happen. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please let us know by sharing a picture on social media and tagging us too. We are at Talk20s on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. We can't wait to hear from you.